This is Matt Peters. This is Lex Lutz. And you're listening to Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. Oh, crap. Were we supposed to do that at the same time? No. Okay. <laughs> Start the show. <laughs> she's mad. Mad? Yeah, she's like, I'm mad at Matt because you have to hang out. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Look, we got business. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. She knows. We're good. That's how it is. This is a weekly appointment. She's going to have yeah, to understand. Yeah. This is Lex and Matt time. That's right. That's right. The she thing gets is, it. She supports it, when even you, when she doesn't. When you're in a good relationship with somebody, you want to go off and have separate adventures so you can come back home with something to tell your spouse or your loved one. That's what you want. That's the Absolutely. dream. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> So how you doing? Homie? I'm good. Sorry, I'm a little late. You know, when I do my um, voice acting classes, mm-hmm. I end up having to stack my laptop on like several hardcover mm-hmm. graphic novels. Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, you want that optimal like camera angle yeah. when, you're on, when you're on Zoom. But since we're just audio, it doesn't really matter. You know, I can put it flat on the surface and not have to worry about roasting any uh comics or anything like that with the with the stupid uh laptop motor whatever so yeah yeah yeah. just had to sort that out we're we're good now so i feel terrible uh (laughs) uh-oh allergy still uh no this time it's lady parts attacking me from the monthly the monthly sin payment i guess right (laughs) when women women (laughs) ate an apple because she wanted to learn something and now i'm suffering for it and you know what it's so late i mean i guess maybe you know in these modern times we take things for granted because an apple that's it come on she she wanted to learn you know what matt you know what (laughs) i would rather not have this pain Mm -hmm. or deal with any of this shit every month and be a fucking idiot that yeah, sounds like a dream it, it does that sounds like a dream Trust i don't want to know things you know what that's what it's like being a man you just described it we're fucking <laughs> we're fucking idiots yeah. and we don't have to You're deal fucking with idiots, so you don't pain. have to deal with this every month there you go <laughs> seems like a fair trade mm-hmm. you know yeah that matt makes don't sense mind. matt don't mind <sighs> yeah so you know i got one voice acting class left i haven't talked about it on the show at all because you know, I get I get weird about. Well, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Look, so welcome, peoples. Welcome to Lex and Matt's excellent adventure. We're gonna have one this week. Um, yeah, but when I when I do voice acting classes and that sort of thing, I don't really like to you know share too much about it until it's almost done. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I guess it's like a a, a jinx thing for me. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I got this yeah. voice acting class is going great, and then halfway through it's like, oh no, this is schwarbage. I don't want to do this anymore. So no, it's going pretty well. Got one class left. The next one is the one I'm really excited about, and that's about learning how to navigate the industry. We've done all the exercises, um, you know, and and this teacher Jeff Lapitan, he's he's really good. He used to be the uh, the voice of the raid bugs in that national ad campaign. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so it's him and one other guy, and they would take turns doing the voices for the roaches. So it was always a little bit uh, different for them. So you know, he he knows his stuff. He's really good. Um, I got a good group of people I'm working with, so that's fun. 
and a little challenging because you never know how other people are going to do their things. So, yeah, you know, what's great about doing voice acting classes as I, as I move up the ranks and everything like that. Um, I'm in the intermediate class this time. Ooh. And, you know, I've, I've gotten to work doing things with like Uncanny yeah. Magazine and some other podcasts and stuff like that and narration. But it's still good to stretch those muscles every now and then. And so there are people in this class who legitimately challenge me to be better. And I like that a lot because I don't ever want to feel like good. I'm the best in the room because then it's like that doubt starts creeping in. <laughs> you know, like, no, that's that's great. It challenges you. That exactly. makes sense to me. I always want to keep working. That's what I'm there for. I'm not there to be the best. I'm there to be the hardest worker and just keep on trying to improve my skills. And so it's good that there were people in the class who um, were just like super pros and came ready. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that it's worked out. Thanks. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes of this. Like I said, the business aspect of it is, is what eludes me. I see tons of people on TikTok, tons of voice actors on TikTok now, you know, because the algorithm knows what I'm looking for, too. But, you know, they have their mm -hmm. they have their fan base. They have their routines. They have their followings. And I mm -hmm. don't have anything in that uh, in that venues so i want to i want to sit yeah. under the learning tree and see what's working nowadays yeah yeah so. i think that's great and that should come with classes like that in my opinion absolutely um it's not just the skill once you get past the initial class it should be about how to navigate industry and build up your you know image and everything like that because that's really hard to do yeah and that's why it's good working with a place like acting studio chicago because these are legitimately working actors they're in the yeah. industry so they know what's what's current and uh you know i mean living in chicago of course it's not the most ideal place to be a voice actor but you know it's becoming more and more accessible especially after the pandemic for people to work wherever so yeah yeah we'll see how it goes yeah absolutely mm -hmm. that's good though i'm glad it's, i'm glad you're enjoying it it's working out and uh Sorry, yeah. it's coming to an end, though. That kind of sucks. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, there's a lot of offerings here. You know, we have, um, NetherRealm Studios in Chicago, uh, the people that produce the Mortal Kombat games. Mm -hmm. And, um, they have a, a voice acting guru on staff there. And Ooh. he does special one-off classes every now and then. So I may keep an eye out for that and see how that goes. I've, yeah, I've you been, should. I've been delaying doing that. Because, you know, like sticker shock, of course, you know, he's, he's a yes expensive yeah. uh, property person there. So, <laughs> you know, it takes money to make money, whatever. But, yeah, I just need to buckle down and make some time to do that because, you know, I got to keep moving. So, yeah. 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 And like, I mean, I view things like that. It's never a bad idea to invest in yourself, you know. Um, and not just in a sense of like, oh, if I do this, I'll make money off of this. Like, I'm like, you can, you can literally just do it because you enjoy doing it and it's good for your mental health and it's good for you, yeah. like for your soul, you know? For sure. I'm glad to hear you say that too, because I've seen some discouraging things about what actual voice actors make. And I'm like, well, shit, uh, I'm not going to be able to retire off of this uh, unless I am at the top of the heap. So, oh, yeah, I've I've done the exact same thing with writing, like mm -hmm. where you look at what what you're actually making on a book um, and you, you can't live off of it at all. Right. Not even a year of your life, you know, yeah. unless you're 
very, very high up. And even then, eh, you know. So it's okay to do it as a supplemental thing. You know, it's there's there's no shame in that whatsoever. No. And like you said, if it if it is uh, something you enjoy doing, then yeah, I mean, there's that's already worth the price right there. Yeah. If it makes your life better, then do it. Exactly. Like the 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 combination of two things, it makes your life better, and it doesn't harm anyone. There you go. Like right. you're set. You know, right. those are that's how you have to now. I think per, on my personal level, that's how I navigate everything in life. And and not hurting anyone includes yourself. You know, <laughs> I want to know how I'm going to hurt somebody with my voice acting. <laughs> like straight up, it's like, oh shit. You know, I was I was cool until I heard Matt's voice on that one cartoon. Yeah. It just ruined yeah. my entire no, life. No, and it, it I mean, I, not not to get, like, but like an example of that would be like, hey, if you if you didn't have the money to do that, mm. then that would be damaging, like in that way. And that's that's the kind of stuff you have to think about. You that know, that is true. That is true. Yeah, you I'm, can certain things can be harmful, but most of the time, if you if you ask yourself those two questions, does it harm anyone, and does it bring me you know this joy and everything like that, like then most, like I, I find most of the time you're like, Oh no, this isn't hurting anyone. And it's making me happy. Keep doing it. Imagine just like telling D like, yeah, sorry, we can't, uh, can't pay the electric bill this month. I gotta, <laughs> yeah, I gotta take this class. How are you taking this class gotta, online? <laughs> if you don't have electricity, I don't know. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> I didn't think that one through. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> I'm a guy. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> Speaking of dumb guys, Ezra Miller is in the news again. Oh, yes. Let's talk about Ezra Miller. That piece of shit. Man, man. You know, there's something about people attached to this fantasy. Oh, there's fan- a follow-up. Oh, oh. Okay. I was going to say, there's something about people attached to this uh, Fantastic Beasts series. I don't know what it is, but it's like the closer that these movies get to coming out, the more batshit crazy stuff comes out of the woodwork about people involved with it. So Ezra Miller's a weird bird. Um, there's this story coming out now from CBR with the update, CBR.com, stating that Ezra Miller reportedly threatened to kill a couple and gets hit with a restraining order. So it says the couple has issued a petition for a temporary restraining order claiming that the actor who was staying with them threatened to kill them and stole from them. According to the court document, Miller allegedly burst into the couple's bedroom and is quoted as saying, I will bury you and your slut wife. The order also states that Ezra Miller Miller is famous and wealthy. This makes access to weapons much easier, as well as sending associates to harass the couple. Along with a wallet, the actor reportedly took social security card, passport, driver's license and bank cards. At the time of writing, these items have not yet been returned to the couple. So, well, they they shouldn't be traveling with social security cards. That seems like a mistake. But that does, yeah. That's that's very very intense and terrible and gross. Doesn't surprise me. This person seem un, seems unhinged. Yeah. Um, I I find it ridiculous that they were still playing the Flash after a video. I mean, I'm sorry, but. People who have done way less have gotten fired. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's what's ridiculous to they uh, physically assaulted someone, you know, like yeah. now multiple people it looks like. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, it's time to call it a wrap on Ezra Miller. Like you said, people in Hollywood have have fallen from grace for much, much less than this. Yeah. So, I mean, if if even a fraction of these stories are true, then it's time to cut bait on Ezra Miller. 
I also don't think Ezra Miller's good enough for this. Like, this isn't worth it. Well, you know, I know that sounds terrible. Like, nothing is excusable. It doesn't matter how great of a, you know, if if the best actor in the world was doing this shit, too. Like, you know, right. they, they don't get a free pass. But it's also, it also becomes even weirder to me when I don't think they're that great, you know? Yeah, but I mean, even, even it's, it's kind of cultish in a way, because Miller's part of that Snyder camp. Ugh, yeah. And people are willing to defend anyone associated with... Uh, you know, the Justice League movie, you know, to their dying day. And it's yeah, really gross. True. It's really gross. Even at the Oscars, they, they voted, um, the, the flash moment from Justice League, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League is the, uh, the biggest, uh, what was it called? Like the, 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 the crowd cheer. Yeah. Crowd cheer moment. Crowd that, cheer moment. And nobody who, in the Zack Snyder place. blow. To make that happen. Every single fan <laughs> paid money to see the first Good version of Justice Lord. League. Oh my gosh. I mean, talk about just hypnotized. These these people who are just in the, in the big Snyderverse thing, they just, they will fight tooth and nail to make this movie relevant. I don't care if it's good. I don't care if it's not great. I don't care if it's mediocre. It just will not leave the zeitgeist because these dudes are just married to the idea that this is just cinematic gold and we're all crazy because we uh you know we don't see it like they do uh, come on come on let it go <laughs> it's 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 gone let it go well speaking of actors who like to assault people oh no mostly paparazzi yeah because he has a uh, a reputation for it mm-hmm. did you see that Alec Baldwin Jesus Christ and Hilaria. Mm. Hilaria Baldwin are having another baby. We've come full circle. We started our Alec Baldwin coverage with the last baby. Yes. And here we are again. So much has happened in between with Alec, you know? So another baby. That is wild. <laughs> Seven. This is their seventh child. That doesn't include his his daughter that he previously had with Kim Basinger, who is... An adult, you know, she's, I think she's my age, actually. Okay. Um, Maybe like a year or two younger than me, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But seven children? I don't like to tell people I mean, how to live their lives. What are we talking about? Of course I do. I have a podcast. That's all I do. Alec Baldwin and Hilaria Baldwin need to wrap it up. You know, I mean, this there's is... no shame in getting a vasectomy, dog. Just. Yeah. Hilaria wrote in a post on Instagram, after many ups and downs over the past few years, we have exciting and huge surprise, another Baldwin Dito. Downs. We're just going to pause on that for a second and let that marinate. Oh, that's right. I forgot about her her, her penchant to uh, try to make things sound. Oh, yeah. That's why I said she's she's Hilaria. Yeah. yeah she's, she's faking it. Um, Baldwinito. Uh, is coming this fall. We're pretty sure we were pretty sure our family is complete, was complete, and we're beyond happy with this surprise. I'm sharing this moment with you. Uh, the moment with you, we told the kids. As you can see, they are super excited. Oh, I need to go look at the actual picture. Uh, our new baby is very a very bright spot on our lives, a blessing and a gift in these such uncertain times. 
Um, and, and I still, I, of course, and you look at comments or people on Twitter and stuff, they're still going, Alec Baldwin killed a woman. And it's like, I, I still, I still stand by that seems fucking insane to say. Yeah. Um, that seems like some chronically online shit, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. When, when you don't have that, um, that wherewithal to understand, like, look, I get you have very strong feelings about this instance, but I mean, it's just, it's not, it's crass. That's the bottom line. It's crass. This is just way too many kids. And he's, how do you do this? Like, yeah, I I just, that's a lot of children. That's a lot. You know who wins here is the nanny. She's making money hand over fist. I mean, that's really who's winning or the team of nannies. I would imagine by this. Well, and of course, she she likes to uh, use their children photo know, ops photo ops and yeah. yeah yeah they're 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 kind of pawns in her brand aren't they oh yeah you know? yeah I'm not saying she doesn't love her kids I know he loves his kids like I think they both genuinely love their children it can but, be both you know yeah some people use social media and this in a like in a in a weird way with their kids and they make their kids a brand and they make being a parent a brand in a way that is fucking creepy. Yes. yes. And I think that she is one of those, you know, man, just in a, in a, in a baby race (laughs) with Nick Cannon and you know, who wins, whoever wins, Mm. we lose. Well, when I get to be Alex Hayes, I'm not going to be popping out any rando kids like that. Cause yeah, I think that's just a little old to be having kids. I don't know. Oh, it's, I think it's irresponsible. I think so. I do. Yeah. I do. Especially with everything he has going on. I mean, look, I know that a lot of these things happen. But don't babies fix everything? Of course they do. If your marriage is struggling, just have a kid. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Right. That that makes sense. That makes sense. Let's talk about Bruce Willis. Did you see this? Bruce Willis. Dude, this is sad. It is sad. He's stepping away from acting. After uh, aphasia diagnosis. I did not know what this was. No, I don't think many people did. I know I didn't either. New new fear unlocked. Cool. Yeah. Um, His team released a statement saying, uh, I'm just kind of looking for it here. Yeah. Boy, howdy. It's really sad. Um, He's not that old either. He's 67 years old. Like, that's, I guess that is a time when people tend to retire. Yeah. day-to-day life but he also we've never viewed bruce willis as old right like he's always been kind of like i would say kind of middle-aged yeah. always in my mind like, like he, he seems like he's like forever 40 he got to thing. a certain age and then stopped aging there's yes. certain there's certain yeah. actors who are in the public eye that just do that and then one day you look at them and it's like all of a sudden they just are old you know has he been largely like unproblematic too mm, i don't know about unproblematic no no i mean there are many okay, reports that well okay let me let me rephrase that he's unproblematic <laughs> as much as you know he's not out here doing anything uh that is endangering anyone or you know just being a complete asshole about uh, you know, he's not, he's not homophobic from what I understand, not racist, all that stuff. Yeah. But he is a pain in the ass to work with. Historically. Gotcha. Famously a pain in the ass to work with. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Of course, Kevin Smith has a very long story yeah. about making cop out, uh, with Kevin, with, uh, Bruce Willis. 
And yeah, many of his co-stars have said, yeah, you know, you, you are basically just on Bruce's schedule, you know, when, when you do a movie with him. He got to a point of celebrity where he got to make the rules about how things were done. And even as his star has fallen, he, uh, basically still feels he deserves to be treated a certain way. Right. Call it what you will. But, uh, for those that aren't, aren't, aren't familiar with aphasia, it leads to loss of ability to understand or express speech, uh, and, uh, read and write and just so retain it's, information. It's basically like a, like a dementia, Alzheimer, like, like he's, he's, it's, it's like those types of neurological diseases, right? That's like, what it sounds like. Yeah. 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 So of course, folks <laughs> will know him from the iconic role in Die Hard. Um, you know, uh, moonlighting for those yeah. of us that were around for that. Uh, you know, he went and guest starred in Friends, which was, you know, kind of one of his more affable moments where it looked like he was willing to make fun of himself. Oh yeah, one of one of my favorite movies as a kid. Really weird one, The Whole Nine Yards. Yeah, yeah, loved that movie. I mean, he's got great comedic timing. Yeah, but it just seems like I said, you know, people just have a weird. uh Weird stories about working with him, that sort of right, thing. Right, right. Um, he made... But, like, he is an acting legend. He absolutely you know? is. You can't deny that, you know? Yeah. No matter what you think about his recent work or uh, his attitude or whatever, he is an acting legend. The Fifth Element, Armageddon, Sixth Sense. Uh, oh, God, Armageddon will make me fucking cry. Pulp Fiction, Twelve Monkeys, you know? Stuff Pulp like that. Pulp Fiction alone. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, um... Yeah, he's he's legend. You know, it's kind of sad too that he, because he is in the spotlight, he has to come out and say, "I'm, you know, I'm retiring for these reasons." Yeah, it almost feels like a very intimate and private thing that he might not have wanted anyone to know, but almost had to. Right, right. So, you know, and I guess from what from what I saw, from what I remember. And I think maybe you'll have a better grasp on this than I do. Uh, okay. when, when him and Demi Moore, uh, separated yeah. and she went on to date Ashton Kutcher and he kind of became like, you know, the patriarch of their family. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis didn't really seem to interfere in that. It seemed like he was pretty good no. when it came to co-parenting. He would still show up to events to support the kids while Ashton was there. No, they, they seem to get along. I also think a big factor with that was I think Ashton Kutcher respected that Bruce Willis was still like the father, the patriarch, like that, like yeah. that role. Um, I think he knew his limits as a stepfather, yeah. you know, coming yeah. into these and they, and I want to say their children were like almost teenagers at the time or just hitting their teens or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like I, you know, so <laughs> like he was just like, Almost like, like, yeah, he was like a stepdad to them, but he was also almost like an uncle type thing, like not, not a full on father figure in that right. sense, it sounds like. Yeah, because around that time, I mean, not in the- And to my knowledge, he's still close to them. Ashton yeah. Kutcher's still close to those kids. I mean, and that's the thing too, you know, as, as much as Ashton Kutcher was painted as just like some pretty boy, of course, the character he played on that 70s show had a, had a big part of, uh, painting that picture. Um, he seems so mature when it comes to these type of situations, you know, um, being in that relationship with Demi and then breaking up with her and still being a part of the kids lives 
And then even yeah. uh, moving on to to be with Mila Kunis and he did cheat on Demi Moore though. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, well, sure. did. I take back half of what I said then. Yeah, yeah. I well, <laughs> that's that's apparently what had happened. Um, but I will say that it sounds like, and Demi Moore has kind of talked about this. She was dealing with because they like when she came out with her book, she was talking about this. Like they had possibly, I think maybe multiple miscarriages. Oh, I see. Um, she had become like. I believe hardcore alcoholic or something like there, there were a lot of factors that were like very destructive mm. in that whole, it, it does not excuse his behavior, but it sounds like it became a very toxic situation. And I, we also will probably never fully know his whole side of the story because he doesn't seem like he's going to write a tell all, but she did, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's her prerogative. She can, um, but yeah, from what she has talked about, she did have an affair, um, and I think that's, or he did. I'm sorry, okay, he did I was have an affair. Say, like, oh, oh, wow, okay. I think they opened their marriage at one point too. Okay. Out of like desperation, like there was a lot of stuff going on. I remember her tell-all was, was like pretty juicy when it came out. Mm. Uh, I didn't read it, but I was listening to some podcasts at the time. Do you think that, you know? kind of not even addressing the elephant in the room. Do you think that'll ever be normalized? Not, not, not normalized. Which one? Normalized. Um, just open marriages, you know, even in Hollywood, let's just, even just focusing on Hollywood, because it seems like we hear about this sort of thing more and more, you know, over the, over the, the decades, we've heard about these open marriages in Hollywood that have been rumored. And then, you know, some confirmed, but it always seems like people are just in such shock when they hear about this sort of thing. When, you know, you, you go to any corner of TikTok and see that there are polyamorous people who are living their best lives and enjoying themselves responsibly and, and honestly. But it seems like just. I think it I think it will and has been normalized for a lot of people. Yeah. Um particularly more like liberal leaning people and stuff like that who okay. go like, Oh yeah, I have a friend who's poly or, you know, yeah, like yeah. The more things people do stuff like that. I think the more normalized it will be become. I also think for other people, it's never going to be normal for them. Like, and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're not going to be accepting of it. You know, that's true. That's um, true. Their normal is not necessarily another person's normal and that's okay. Like as like, that I think that's a very important thing to recognize is that there really is no such thing as normal, right? That's a great point. That is we a fantastic all, point. Yes. So like for me, normal is a closed relationship, one that is, you know, just two people together. Um, but for someone else, normal is an open relationship where there's like, yeah, there are these rules. But there are also other rules that like, I would, you know, wouldn't necessarily agree with. That's their normal, though. And that's okay. You know, as long as I'm not trying to change them and they're not trying to change me, who cares? You know, that is the healthiest way to to regard that, I think. Yeah. And then also I would add as well, you know, you may be thinking to yourself right now, listening to this, you know, like, I don't know anyone who's poly. You know, everybody I know is in a monogamous relationship with one partner, uh, whoever they may be. Uh, you may just not, you may just not know that you know people who are in a polyamorous situation, not situation, relationship. I don't even want to yeah. belittle it by calling it situation. 
You may not yeah, know, know because it's nobody's business but their own. You know? No, it's true. So eh, just be careful about just spitting stuff out like that. You were right to back up and correct me on a couple of those points right there because I have antiquated language when it comes to some of this stuff and oh i do too that's why i've tried to learn that language because i do too because like we were just saying i have i have my own bias i have my own things Mm -hmm. so it's not really about us like being perfect and saying everything right it's just about trying to like be accepting right isn't that the whole point exactly you know exactly it's a it's a conversation it's a growing learning experience but that's yeah, I think that <laughs> I think that that's hearing that about them, you know, if that was the case. And I, I should have I am just speaking off of like vague memory of hearing about the book. Yeah, um, I haven't actually read the book. I should. But I. I think that that was the situation and it was very messy and it, it sounded very sad. Um, And so I I will say I am a person who jumps to judging something like that i will admit that judging like ashton kutcher in that type of situation or whatever but like i tried to step back and look at it as a little more nuanced and um also going this is her heartbroken perspective and every every right to be heartbroken and it was just like a i don't know it's just a very uh you know, it sounds like it was a very complicated situation, but I do think Ashton Kutcher looks good. I don't know. Some people seem to fucking hate him still. Okay. And everything he <laughs> says does. It's very interesting. Like, I mean, they just raised. Him and Mila Kunis raised money for the Ukraine. Did you see the people who were coming back on them for that, though? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's they wild. They give enough money. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's really wild. They, they hosted a fundraiser where they were going to match the donations of people. And yeah. they ended up giving, I believe it was somewhere around $13 million. And, you know, yeah. me sitting here with triple digits in my bank account or or less is about to be like, yeah, you guys didn't give enough. Like, oh, wait a minute. Like, yeah. that's not the spirit of the moment here, you know? <laughs> like, And then people got mad that they gave to Airbnb. Ah, uh, okay. And it, because he has some investments in Airbnb, yeah. But like, wasn't that what everyone was doing at the time? Yeah. yeah. Giving them to like, cause that was a way of giving it to local people as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So like, that's what they decided to do. And I'm like, I, you can't, you can't win. If there's really anything you've learned from the internet, especially in the past couple of days, you just, you can't really seem to win. Right. Everybody has an opinion. And the person with the most outrageous opinion is going to be the loudest, it seems. Yeah. It's, it's always the case. You know, the other thing, too, is it never seems to pay off when people broadcast the good that they've done. You know, yeah. it always seems to be the most well received when folks just do uh, they put good out into the world. And then others speak of, you know, the good that they've done without their uh, their influence. Like, yeah. I mean, like Dolly Parton, you know, everything, not everything, but most everything that we hear about her is from a third party. And then she comes and right. confirms it like, yeah, this is why this happened. You know, I um, mean, that kind of sucks at the same time, though, because 
in a situation like what Ashton and Demi are doing, or oh my God, Ashton and Mila are doing, uh-huh. they're trying to use their platform to do good. So we have a bunch of people saying you should be using your platform to do good, while simultaneously <laughs> saying you should do more. Right. Or and, you, you're making it all about you. Like. Yeah, yeah. Or you're bragging, or you're just doing this for publicity. You're just. I'm like. I don't really know what you could possibly do. What's the end game there? Publicity for what? What am I advertising? If I'm trying to do something, yeah. yeah, you just you have to be comfortable with yourself and doing what you know is the right thing. Right, you know, exactly. And not worry about all that internet bullshit. You know, I I respect the celebrities that don't have an online presence. You know, of that era too. Just like I don't care. You guys can talk all the shit you want. I'm not on here. Whatever you want to say. Just go nuts. Yeah. Mila, Mila Kunis is one of those. Like, yeah. she doesn't have any social media. Yeah. Ash, Ashton Kutcher has some, but I think he mainly has it because he's so plugged into, like, Silicon Valley stuff. Right, right. He's not. Like, he knows you kind of have to be. Yeah, but he's not doing, like, Elon, for instance, and talking back to people and stuff. He's just like, hey, this is what I'm into. And no, I think he used to. Because he was, remember, he was on Twitter really early. Well, wasn't he the first guy to hit a million followers? I think you're right. Yeah, I think he I think he has that like record as like being the first person to hit a million. Fucking influential, man. Yeah, he Crazy. was very early on that. Like yeah. he's he's very like he's he's a really smart dude. He's gotten it like on the ground floor of a lot of things. I think yeah. he was on the ground floor of Uber. I think like, you're right. That's why he has so much money. Man. <laughs> well, I'm glad that he's doing something uh altruistic with it at least, you know. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the Oscars, but we're not going to talk about that one thing at the Oscars, because by the time you folks are hearing this, everyone has said something about it. You've seen the memes. You've seen the hot takes. You don't need to hear it from us. So we're going to talk yeah, about some things. We don't feel like we don't feel like hot taking tonight. You know, I mean, cares? we'll hot take, but not about that. We yeah. <laughs> do some other hot takes. Um, let's talk about Questlove for a minute. So Questlove yes. received a hero's welcome on Jimmy Fallon the next night after the Oscar awards. He won the Oscar for best documentary, which is fucking amazing. You know, like, uh, I haven't seen it. Summer of love, uh, summer, rather summer of soul. I was going to say summer of love. Summer of soul was a documentary that came <laughs> out. Um, I think maybe through Hulu or something like that, but I remember Ooh. being able to watch it and it was a, Wonderfully done, beautifully done documentary. That's um, great. You know, about a, a concert that happened. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It was a 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival. Hmm. And he found some archival footage that hadn't been shown before. And it's a very off-discussed festival, but, you know, a lot of people didn't know much about it. So definitely give it a look. That's um, right up my alley, so I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, but it was just cool to see him get so much love on Jimmy Fallon where he usually sits in with the roots as the drummer. So he took the night off as the drummer. They had a substitute drummer mm-hmm. uh, sitting at the, sitting at the stand and he came out just as a full fledged guest and Aww. you know, the crowd was just all about him. So he got his moment. I was glad to see that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you and I were talking about this a little bit too with Questlove. Um, last year, not yeah. Last, last year during the Oscars, he kind of got, um, he kind of got snubbed uh, for his work in uh, Soul, the Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. John Baptiste came up to the stand and he thanked Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross because, you know, 
they're the big names attached to it. But Questlove contributed to the to the movie as well and got nothing. <laughs> yeah. So well, it was kind of sad to see that. He, he came back and and got his Oscar. He so came back and he got now his. Now he's Oscar. got a he's got a fully egot now, right? Yeah, he's got to go for it. Right. <laughs> Tony's. Um, what is it? Emmy. Uh, Emmy he's Oscar. Probably got an Emmy, right? Emmy Oscar. Tony. What's the G? Grammy. Yeah. Grammy. I, he's got to have a a Grammy and a an Emmy, right? Got to have a Grammy. I mean, he was with the Roots of for course. so long. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Quest Let's yeah. see what he's got. Quest So. You can keep talking. It was also cool to see face. him so comfortable up there at the podium wearing his Crocs, you know, <laughs> up there rocking them Crocs, baby. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. I mean, he's just been such a, a staple in black music for so long. He's worked with, uh, like I said, The Roots. He's worked with uh, the Saturday Night Live band, D'Angelo. He- the Soul he has five Grammys and wow. an Academy wow. Award now. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So it's a matter of time, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. I mean, he's, like you said, unproblematic. <laughs> you don't get more unproblematic than Questlove, you know. He's no, just... he's, he's pretty much universally, like, love, for lack of yeah. a better word, right? Like, <laughs> everyone, everyone is a fan of him. Right, right. You know, you don't hear anything bad about Questlove, and that's, you know, for good reason. No. So, yeah, shout out to him. Um, also of note, um, I wanted to talk about uh, Ariana DeBose. She became the first openly queer actress to win an Oscar uh, for portraying Rita in West Side Story. God, she is so fucking good. Did you watch West Side Story? I did. And her oh parts, I was looking at the movie. I'm like, if anybody wins for this film, it's got to be yeah. her. Because she yeah, acted, she was she was the best. She acted her ass off. She sang her ass off. I mean, this that woman, movie was fantastic too. Absolutely, wow. Yeah, because that's one of my. I'm sure you know this, but like that's one of my favorite musicals of all time, the original. Like and just that musical in general. And I was like, even though I love Spielberg, I was like, I don't know how they're gonna remake this. I don't know how they're gonna do it. Yeah. God damn, if he didn't make a beautiful, beautiful remake, that's I mean. The people who are saying like it's better or just as good as the original are not lying. Yeah. Like, and that's that's a lot because it's <clears throat> I love that movie. I love the fact that it felt like a Spielberg movie too. You know, I mean, yeah. it just kind of had that same film quality, that same like uh, eye for aesthetic with a lot of the shots. Another thing I loved about it too was you could tell that some of the shots were basically recreated from the original film and framed just like it as an homage to uh yes to that movie. Um also of note, it's pretty amazing that Rita Moreno also won uh an Academy Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role uh for playing that role as well. Yeah. And uh at 90 years old, you know, that that legacy has has come full circle. And, uh, you know, she was, if not the only one of the very few actual Puerto Ricans in that film. Yes. You know, yeah. so they bought her back for the for the remake and she tore it up once again. You know, <laughs> now help me. Um, yeah, she did. Help me uh, mm-hmm. remember this. Now, the song that Rita Moreno actually sang in the new film, was that song for the Rita character? Uh, in the original version, and she ended up singing it, kind of like reprising that same song. No, so oh. so the original character that she was she replaced was Doc. 
Okay. So her husband. Yeah. Like that. That's what I one one change that I thought was really brilliant was she was playing the wife and they were kind of like exploring this idea of like interracial marriage in this time. But like she was the like her husband was Doc. Yeah. And in the original, Doc's was the one who ran that store. Mm hmm. Um, they also, I mean, God, they did think like they, they, I, I mean, I could talk about West Side Story for a long time. I won't get into it, but like they, they made a lot of changes that were really, really brilliant. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, her character, she kind of just replaced Doc in this, but like, you know, she was his, his wife instead. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So they made that change and it worked very well. Yeah. So no, she's not. She's not playing like or, or, you know, doing the same thing. It's just uh, it was like just a tribute to have her in this new one. That was a beautiful tribute. You know, like like we were talking about a while ago, it, it seemed like that movie came and went so fast, you know. But, of course, we were dealing with the with the fallout from the pandemic and everything. And there were all these big blockbuster movies coming out around that time as well that it, it just seemed kind of just to slide by. But. I encourage anyone who is a fan, even a little bit, of musicals, of great filmmaking, check out West Side Story. It's on HBO Max. You know, it's only a couple hours long. It's worth the time. It's really good. And folks who listen to the show know I'm not the biggest fan of musicals, but man, this one was a tearjerker. It was good stuff. It was. Have you ever seen the original? Yeah, I've seen it, you know, a long time okay. ago. And of course, you know, by the time I saw it, you know, I was at the age where I was like, oh, this is some cheesy stuff, man. I don't know about this West Side Story because that's how I talked to myself in my head, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, like like everybody does. But yeah, I just I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. <laughs> and oftentimes yeah. I would get it confused with the outsiders because I saw both of those around the same time and they happened in the same time period. So, you know. Oh yeah, that that makes sense. Like yeah. that that vibe. Um, I could see you being like that and like Greece and like they're all kind of having that weird like. Why are they singing and dancing? <laughs> like, you know. Well, no, see, Greece is like birthday cake, and this is like cornbread. You know, and as much as like you know, oh, it's yes, it's delicious and it's you know uh, you hearty. Love both, but they they are they are a different like very hard uh hard pill. You know, right. swallow it's in this case. Right, completely different. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, shout out to uh, Rita Moreno. Shout out to, of course, the entire cast of West Side Story. But absolute special shout out to Ariana DeBose. I can't wait to see more of her. She's fantastic. And let me tell you, the scene where they're dancing in the street and she's got on that yellow... Yes. Oh, my God. The yellow dress with the red, like, what is it, petticoat on the, on the, on the bottom? Oh, Fucking hot as hell. Oh my god. She did a that great scene job. killed me. And yeah. The, yeah, the costumes. Oh my god. Yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful film. Fantastic. Like it really everyone is. should watch it. Um yeah. it's on HBO Max and Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So wherever you want to watch it. There was an uncomfortable moment um during the awards where they had a moment of silence for Was there an uncomfortable moment at oh. the awards? <laughs> what? <laughs> Before that one. There was a moment of silence uh, for Ukraine, and it was just text on the black screen. 
but immediately after they uh, went to commercial, you know, and the commercial was also white text on a black screen. But the first word that popped on the screen was just in all caps, bread, bread <laughs> and, and traffic noises. And of course, it was trying to encourage people to, uh, you know, donate, uh, you know, try to express the fact that people are short on food right now. But it yeah. was just an odd juxtaposition. It was like, you know, this is a moment of silence. We are acknowledging the people of Ukraine and the hardships they're going through right now. So please join us as we honor them right here. And then, you know, the next screen, bread. Like, okay. And traffic yeah. noises. So for some reason, that was very odd. Um, we saw reunions throughout the show as well. The cast of Pulp Fiction uh, you know, Uma Thurman, uh, John Travolta and, and Samuel L. Jackson all joined one another on stage with the briefcase and opened it up and, of course, announced yeah. who oh. the winner of that award was. And, uh, the trio from White Men Can't Jump. But the, the main thing we need to focus on here, well, two things actually. The fact that, um, <laughs> okay, I'm super distracted. Wesley Snipes' outfit. What the hell was going on there? It was I a don't silk, know. It was not not good. It was like a pink silk suit, and he had shorts on and like a cravat, and it looked like it was somewhere between something Prince would wear and something from the Netherlands, and it didn't quite meet in the middle the right way. And I'm very concerned about my man, but Rosie Perez saying Zooted is second place. I don't yeah. know. Like, we got zooted. Like, what? Really? Rosie? Oh, my God. It was great. It was great. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> also, a side note, um, John Travolta ended up adopting that dog. Really? On stage. Yeah. Because Betty White was really big on, like, adopting animals and everything like that. And apparently, John Travolta was like, I want that dog. <laughs> 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 Which I love. That is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It was Jamie. I couldn't remember who it was off the top of my head, but yeah, it was Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. She was out there during that segment. That was another weird segment. So they had it in memoriam as they always do for people that we lost. And, um, they decided this year, instead of doing like the orchestral thing and just kind of letting the, the screen do all the talking for itself, they decided to have a gospel choir up there. Um, making some strange song choices and straight up just dancing along and kind of bopping to what they were singing. And I'm like, this feels disrespectful, man. It's really strange. In the middle of all that, Bill Murray came up and he kind of said something about Ivan Reitman. And uh, that was I thought that was like kind of great, though. OK, OK. That might just be me. I, I mean, know. it was a classic Murray delivery, you know what yeah. he said and i think it was great that he came up to honor him but it was just kind of odd in the middle of that that sandwich of what they were going for with that gospel yeah. choir i'm like all right no the overall thing was weird but i think that that was i think that that was like a moment where they were also tying it back to the ukraine and stuff okay like mm. where it was like saying hey you know ivan reitman was in a refugee type situation um because they were talking about him, right? He was like, he was like fleeing from. Yes. Okay. 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 His <laughs> his parents were born in Czechoslovakia, or he was born in Czechoslovakia. Um, both of his parents were Jewish. His mother survived the Auschwitz concentration camp, 
His father was an underground resistance fighter. Mm. He arrived as refugee. They arrived as refugees in Canada when he was four years old. And apparently they had to like that. That's what uh, Bill Murray was saying. Like they had to like sedate him to bring him because he was so small. Like they had to like escape. Oh, wow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So th- I think that's what that was like. That was also a a moment where he was kind of saying like, hey, look at this amazing artist who we lost, who gave us all of these things, who was, you know, a big part of our culture. He was a he was a refugee. He was escaping persecution. He was all, like all of this. And we forget about things like that. You yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, yeah, it did. It did have a, a point. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's difficult for Bruce Willis to re- Bruce Willis. It's difficult for Bill Murray to project a serious moment because we're so used to him being that sarcastic guy, even though he's done serious roles. Yeah. You know, he is he is most famously associated with being just the sarcastic type of dude, you know. Um, yeah. So when it comes to these moments, it's like, all right, is he going to come out here and. You know, just kind of do something kind of quirky, right. or is he going to do something straight face? And fortunately, he did a straight face, so that's good. It was straight face, yeah. Yeah. I also want to take a moment to give a, a special recognition to Jamie Lee Curtis. She's a great mom. She is uh, supporting um, her, her transgender daughter uh, as she's having yeah. a cosplay-themed wedding. So she is cosplaying... Oh. I'm not, I'm not, ugh, like, I support trans rights. I'm ugh,ing the, the cosplay, but I can't support a cosplay wedding. Well, wait, wait till you hear this. It's not just a cosplay wedding. This is a Hollywood funded cosplay wedding. Jamie Lee Curtis is sparing no expense. It's happening in their backyard. <laughs> I know, I know. Jaina Proudmore is who she's going to be portraying. And it's one of the most powerful sorceresses in the World of Warcraft franchise. Now, you may be wondering why Jamie Lee Curtis is cosplaying as a World of Warcraft character. Because on the down low, over the years, Jamie Lee Curtis has revealed herself to be a World of Warcraft fan. Oh, that's fucking cute. She attended BlizzCon 2015 in disguise as a WoW character. She attended the premiere of the World of Warcraft movie, also in cosplay, saying she was just playing along. And when asked about it by Jimmy Kimmel, after all of these things, she goes, does anybody know what that is? It's a game. I don't know. Something like that. You know, so she just kind of waves it off and she's kind of shy about it. And I just think that is precious that she has this secret fandom that's just for her and just for her family. <laughs> that's that's fucking cute. Yeah, I like I that a lot. That. I yeah. love that. Yeah, she's a cool bean. <laughs> yeah. Okay, do you want to wrap this up with talking about this PlayStation news? Because Bradley posted about this in our Discord, and I did want to touch on this real quick. Because yeah. it's he was saying it's essentially Game Pass for PlayStation. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So uh, first of all, thanks to Bradley for uh, going in Discord and giving us something to discuss on the show this evening you can do that as well uh if you sign up on our patreon patreon.com slash lex and matt uh at any level gets you access to our discord server and within that server yep. we share pet pictures we have lots of fun we crack wise on one another 
most of the time you'll see me like me and Lex arguing in there when we're supposed to be working. But don't yeah. worry about that. It's all in good fun. And also you can suggest sometimes. topics sometimes. And also you can suggest topics for us to discuss right here on the show, such as Bradley has done. So um it is true. Uh PlayStation Plus is uh rebranding, not rebranding. PlayStation Plus is basically uh rebooting and becoming a uh an Xbox Game Pass type service. So if you already have PlayStation Plus, don't worry about it. It's going to stay the same. But they are now going to be offering two extra tiers. So if you have the current version, it's called Essential. Then there's the extra uh, tier, which is $14.99, and the premium tier, which is $17.99. Um, they've been kind of tight-lipped about what that involves. But what they're promising is access to older games. So if you have PlayStation Plus you know that they give you three free games a month that you can download. They also have a service, and this is where it gets confusing, they have a service called PlayStation Now, which is not quite like Game Pass, but it's a service where you can stream games from their servers, from their library. Right. Um, But it comes with limitations, such as if you leave it on pause for a long time, it'll kick you out because the server wants to give access to somebody else. It doesn't want to overtax itself. Whereas right. on Game Pass, with most of those games, well, all of them really, you download them onto your hard drive. And as long as you're able to uh, do like that handshake on the Internet, you're able to access them. So with this new system, they're going to allow you to download most of these games onto your uh, onto your PlayStation and do that same handshake thing that Xbox Live does, or rather, Xbox Game Pass does. Um, so they're going to be offering games from the PS1 era all the way up to PS4, depending on your tier, including, for the first time, PSP games. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, I'm hoping because... That- I, I might I might have to try this out just to see. Yeah, so yeah. That, you know. I think it's worth checking out. They are offering an annual membership right now for the premium tier, which is $119.99, which is really $120. Bucks. I don't know why they do that. Whatever. That's <laughs> another conversation. Um, $120. Bucks, so basically you're paying $10 a month for the premium tier if you buy the annual subscription. Uh, unfortunately, we can't do this like our streaming services and share. Uh, <laughs> Son of a bitch. I know. There's no family plan right now. So uh, IGN actually posted a handy graphic that gives us the pros and cons of the PlayStation Plus relaunch, Xbox Game Pass, and Nintendo Switch's online service. So right now, Nintendo is the only service that has a family plan, which allows different you know, people in your quote-unquote family to uh, basically share the same account and have access to all that cool yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, so PlayStation's whole thing is you get monthly downloadable games. Uh, Xbox has access to Xbox Live Gold, xCloud. Also, something that we don't talk about much, because neither you nor I are, are primarily PC gamers, um, Game Pass actually applies to PC games as well within the Microsoft yeah. family. So. You have that going for you, which PlayStation can't offer because they don't have a PC leg or whatever. Yeah, that's a really big deal to some people because, like, especially if they have, you know, both of them or their, you know, yeah, their spouse uses it or a sibling uses it too, and like one is a console gamer, one's a PC gamer. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, 
So there's all that going for it. I'm cautiously optimistic about uh, the new PS Plus. Uh, they tout uh, it launching in June with 700 games. I don't know <laughs> how that's going to go. I think as it is now, I was disappointed in uh, PlayStation Now because not only are the games they're offering in that service so sparse, but there are some glaring omissions, such as uh, a big chunk of the PlayStation 2 Ratchet and Clank games. They're not there. Yeah. Jack and Daxter, not there at all. There's only one Sly Cooper game on there, you know? I, I'm i concerned that they're still going to have streaming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, it sounds like that might be a thing for some of the older ones, and it might not. I don't know. It's not very clear. Um, right, if right. they're doing that streaming and it's not as efficient as Xbox has been with Game Pass, I don't, I'm not going to do it. And here's the wild thing, too. Something that uh, still is a mystery is why it's so difficult to emulate PlayStation 3 hardware, even after all yeah, this that's time. Weird. Yeah, Sony cannot figure it out. And it's a, it's a big reason why the PlayStation 4 wasn't backwards compatible at all. PlayStation 5 is not backwards compatible, and a lot of those games are just plain old inaccessible unless you have a PlayStation 3. It's very strange. Yeah, PlayStation 2 to an extent as well, but you know that they're getting better with that. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't understand it. Yeah, so I mean, I'm gonna. What wait. was special about that PlayStation 3? Like, what was different about it? I don't know? know. If someone I, knows, let us know. For sure. You know, I'm not the most technologically savvy person, but. You know, it seems like Me by either. now, the PlayStation 3 uh, hardware should have been able to be emulated. I mean, they've done wonders with the Wii, with Dreamcast, and all that stuff. So, yeah, why that one's so difficult? I mean, shout out to Sony for making it, like, so, uh, locking it down so tight, I guess. But, you know, even for themselves, they don't know how to get it done. That's that's a problem. Yeah. If anyone knows, tell us, because I'd, I'd like to know. For sure. For sure. So, Yeah. That's that's basically all that's going on right now. We'll find out more in June. I'm cautiously optimistic. Like I said, I'm not going to be an early adopter. I'm just going to let people, you know, play around with it. I was going to ask you if you were going to try it. Nah. If any of our listeners end up trying it, too, let us know. Because right. I'm not going to be an early adopter either. I've got Game Pass until June um, paid out. Nice. And from there, I will see if it's in my budget kind of thing going forward. Um, not that I'm not going to put, like... I will, but I've got some expenses coming up and stuff where I'm like, I might have to cut it off for a month or two, you know, type of situation. Yeah. But I still think it's a great deal. I have no, this doesn't change how I feel about buying my Xbox. You know, I still think the Xbox is the way to go, but we'll see. Maybe it's going to be on the same level and then you can just choose based off your preference. Yeah, I feel the same way. Even the short amount of time that I've had the Xbox, you know, relatively to the, all the other systems that I own, I've been really pleased with it. You know, mm-hmm. the access to Game Pass, uh, the streaming services that are there from day one. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got very little complaints about the Xbox. You know, it's pretty consistent. It's, it's a beast. It gets yeah. the job done. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. Um, we got some quick hits to knock out here. We can just kind of rattle these off. Mm-hmm. Go for it. <laughs> Mike Tyson's cannabis brand is making ear-shaped THC gummies. 
I saw those. They're horrifying. Continue. That is morbid. All right. Don't like it. Um, Stephanie Beatrice, she of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and, of course, Encanto, recorded songs for the movie Encanto while in labor, unbeknownst to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, women are magnificent. Fucking Continue. amazing. And it's incredible. Every time I hear her voice, it is different from the I last know. time. I know. Stunning. What the fuck? Simply stunning. Nickelodeon has canceled. The Clarissa explains that all reboot. She will not. Did be not know that was a thing. No, neither did I. So yeah. I mean, I guess good choice, Nickelodeon. I don't know. That's weird. Um, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't remember a lot about that show enough to be nostalgic for it. I remember little bits and pieces of it, but nothing like. I oh, remember yeah. it being part of our cultural zeitgeist. That's about it. Right. But yeah, I don't remember details. Mostly for the title. Just like, oh, yeah, she's going to explain it all. You know, that's basically it. Yeah. Um, as of right now, Marvel and uh, the Marvel Netflix content that was moved over to Disney Plus is completely unedited, which means you're going to see it in its original format. All the blood, gore, nastiness is still there. But you better believe that Disney Plus put that mature lock <laughs> on your account. Yeah. <laughs> as we found out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went in and our uh know into our account and I had to like make an adjustment and it was like, Do you want to make Matt Peters an adult account too? And I was like, I guess I guess so, shoot, man. That was funny. Like But yeah, that's good. I'm yeah. glad they haven't touched that because that would be fucking stupid. And they've already got so much bad publicity right now. Yeah. I was uh looking at some stuff before the show and I read rumors that they have actually gone back and edited some scenes in Falcon and Winter Soldier to make them less gruesome. So I don't know how true that is. I got to look more into that, but I will What's certainly point? report back. Yeah, I don't get that. I really don't. If it's out there, it's done. Let it let it be. You know, I think that sounds like bullshit. I think people are just making shit up. It does. You know, that's why I want to check. It was on one of those sites where it's like, yeah, we heard that Tobey Maguire is coming back for five more Spider-Man movies, yeah. you know? One of them sites. Okay. So I'm going to check it out and I'll report back. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's it this do. week. No wall of weird. If you got no. a good one, let us we, know. We all know that everything got weird this week. We don't need to get into wall of weird. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, folks, thank you for listening. As always, we are Lex and Matt. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Bye.